Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Sadler's newest catechetical series, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros, which partners with families to help them play an active and meaningful role in their child's faith formation. Learn more at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU. Today, I'm especially privileged because I have my boss here to chat with. Father Ken Halber is pastor of St. Luke the Evangelist Parish in Ankeny, Iowa. Father Ken, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. There's, uh, I've been a priest for about just shy of 13 years, and uh, I've been at St. Luke's for now about two and a half years. It's a, it's a great parish. Why don't you say, tell us a little bit about St. Luke's, just a little bit about the ministry landscape. Well, we are um, a very active, very young parish. Uh, I was kind of funny when someone comes up to me and says, hi, Father, we're visiting here. And I say, well, we're a very active mass. Um, <laughs> average age is like 12, I think, or something like that. No, it's a little older than that. But uh, uh we have about 750 families. Mm -hmm. And just to give you a hint how young we are, we have uh, 82 First Communions this year. Wow. So over 10% of our families are going to have a kid with First Communion in it. <laughs> so we have a lot of, uh, of uh, young people. We mm -hmm. have uh, 274 kids in our school right now, K-8. Um, and we have about 350 in our RE programs. So wow. we, and that doesn't include the probably 200 kids that are uh, below RE or school age right now. Mm -hmm. So we average about 50 baptisms a year. And last year we did four funerals. Mm. So it is an extremely young parish. I, I want to go back to when you said a very active liturgy. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of voices to contend with. and uh, But I want to go to something you said. This was several weeks ago. Uh, it was during a particularly noisy Mass. I think it was at the end. You, you had said how you actually appreciate uh, all the noise out there in the pews. Would you want to say a little bit more about that? Well, it's kind of funny because uh, every once in a while we get some of the particularly um, active, noisy masses. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just happened to, at the end of uh, this one just said, you know, well, it, it's, it's kind of a struggle, at, you know, presiding and doing everything with all the distractions. Um, I would much rather have the, the kids there and making a little extra noise than to not have them there. Because mm -hmm. uh, one of the phrases I really dislike is the children are the future of our church. No, they're not the future of our church. They're the current of our church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're the present. Yeah, wonderful. Yes, that's a great. That's a great reminder because you know, as a as a father of six, I I do worry about all the noises my little ones can make. But uh, to know that uh, we're welcome and to know that children are welcome, uh, it's a comfort to those families. Um, that idea of invitation and welcome uh, is not just generically a pastorally good idea to 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 employ but it's not, actually i just got i just got done chatting with uh, about synodality on another episode invitation and welcome are, are absolute essentials i think of synodality so in that little way i think you're already becoming a synodal church <laughs> 
So wonderful. And it's, see how easy it is to, to practice synodality. You just allow the children to, to be present. And uh, anyway, uh, go ahead. There's a children's collection uh, there and have the kids come up. And I try to count if I can every once in a while. And one time I counted 82 kids at 82. one of our masses. 82 wow. and our church only holds 350 so that's incredible that's incredible i love watching their faces sometimes when they come up uh to bring their donations and and some of them are just like they're so excited to do it and they're skipping mm -hmm. down the aisle and oh my gosh and if you think so again what a gift the presence of children and youth are to the church so thank you for being on the show and let's dive into our topic which it kind of brings together a number of different elements but since we started talking about leading a young church, I think we'll kind of continue along those lines. So like every other church, uh, St. Luke's has had to navigate uh, the pandemic and is continuing to do so as we're kind of in a second or third phase of, of this uh, virus. So what are we doing at the parish to engage families, uh, to make Christ present to uh, people in the homes and to be inviting and welcoming uh, of them that to try to encourage them to come back. What are some of the things we're doing at the parish? Um, I think we're just kind of serving the people. We've been mm -hmm. inviting, uh, we, we've been blessed to have uh, pretty much the church full again. So we're not, we haven't really dropped off a lot at, since uh, since we've been coming back over the last uh, little while. We've what? been opening up our gym that uh, that we have audio and video into the gym so mm -hmm. people can spread out a little more. So if someone wants to kind of spread out a little more than the church allows for, they can go into the gym and we have the chairs are quite a bit further apart so that, so that if someone feels much more comfortable with that. Um, masks, we don't require them, but if they, they're perfectly fine wearing them and, and things like that. But uh, we wear masks like the bishop requires for uh, uh, distribution distribution of sure. communion. Uh, so I think that just kind of being that invitation is has been great. I mean, so listen, we're at least fully back to to what we had before pre pandemic. Yeah, it's and it's incredible. Uh, and it, I know that neighboring parishes or parishes on the other side of the metro uh, aren't having as much success. And it makes me wonder, you know, do we have some kind of secret sauce at St. Luke's about getting people back into the pews? Um, I, I know, and this is tongue in cheek, that we we started up coffee and donuts again, and, and next to the Eucharist, that's a huge draw. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's just that. But I, I do think, um, from my vantage point, there there has always been a welcoming spirit at the parish, and I don't know if we've been programmatic or systematic about fostering that. I think it's just been there. Is that? I mean, what do you think about that? I think that's true. The, we we also have a very young parish, mm -hmm. and so um, a lot more of our young people aren't as concerned uh, about that, about mm -hmm. the virus and things like that. That, and I think that's one of the big keys as well. Um, a lot of our more uh, the older people are tend to be more uh, susceptible to it, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. whereas the younger people don't aren't, aren't as don't usually have the harsh symptoms. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, that's one of our kind of blessings that helps for us is that mm -hmm. that, that way is there. Um, we've still been offering, um, we're still live streaming our, all of our weekend masses or, or a couple of our weekend masses. So there are options out there. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrific point about the young demographic. Um, probably feel a little more 
emboldened um, and not to say that our young families aren't responsible they absolutely are but as you point out or as as d- doctors will tell you that uh, the older folks tend to be a little more susceptible and have uh, harsher symptoms and so that's that's definitely a benefit of having a younger parish um, let's talk a little bit about catechesis at uh, and you kind of referred to it in terms of the first communion numbers and baptisms so is there anything we're doing at St. Luke's to, to engage families? What sort of uh, catechetical programming are we offering to families right now? Right now, we're actually offering three different options uh, for our catechesis. Of course, the, the day school. So mm-hmm. all the kids, the 274 kids that come to our day school, um, they get catechesis every day, pretty much every day, religion class, um, all the time, prayer, things like that during the day. Um, and then we are offering our kind of our traditional catechesis program. So mm-hmm. the, um, you know, Wednesday nights, we have three different sessions of, uh, of, of RE, religious education for that. Um, and then we're, we started this year offering what's called the family of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a very, it's kind of been around quite a while. Um, what we do is we invite the parents in and they, they get a resource, a book, and then we do a, a, a learning session with the parents, and then it's their responsibility to teach the kids, which, you know, is kind of a very traditional model of uh, catechesis yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we've got a, we, we had a number of families who, I think 10 or 15 families who decided to try that this year. Uh, and I think we're gonna encourage more next year to, to see how it goes. Uh, it's been received very well. Mm. Um, parents have been very active. Uh, they they do the meeting via Zoom also, so they record it. And so if families are not able to be there or sick or something like that, then uh, they can come in and do that. And then about uh, they, they come in once a month for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we offer a another once a month uh, time that they can come together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they did the live Jesse tree in December and they do some activities and you know, they made blankets for, for, uh, to give away and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, as I visited with priests um, around the country uh, last year in the wake of COVID, uh, many of them said that COVID for all of the ills that brought that one of the positives was it gave parishes time to reflect on uh, what's most important on priorities on whether or not they're doing the right or most effective things to minister to the congregation. And uh, I'm saying this because I think families or the domestic church have also kind of had that pause and had that opportunity to reflect. And I wonder if in some way COVID has encouraged more family catechesis or at-home catechesis. Uh, In other words, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I wondered if we'd have 15 families thinking about uh, and practicing um, at-home catechesis. Any thoughts about that? Well, I I don't know if we would have considered doing it right away. Well, there you uh, go. Yeah. The pandemic. Right. And um, we, what what had happened is we had a a couple of our families who have uh, children who are 
or or family members who are more susceptible. And so they wanted another option instead of just sending the kids in to, with all the other kids. And so the, we came up with uh, other parishes have been doing this. So we kind of modeled it off of uh, our those other parishes. We kind of have a blessing here. Uh, David Rising is our DRE and his brother is a priest in our diocese as well. And so his brother has moved to this program for, I think, all of his RE. Wonderful. Wonderful. About so Let's stay on RE just for a second. Uh, has it been hard, uh, to your knowledge, has it been difficult to get volunteer catechists this year? I know in other parishes that's been terribly difficult. Uh, some still haven't returned to in-person catechists. They're still going remote. Has it been difficult at St. Luke's to find those catechists? It has been challenging, but, uh, you know, you have the, oh, we're going to have to not have this class because uh, <laughs> we don't have a catechist for it. And then one of the parents is like, oh, I'll step up. I want my kid to go. So they, they step up. But can I get it? Do, do you have somebody else to help me? Sure. We <laughs> yeah, get yeah. To help you. We get, a, we get somebody to kind of be in there with the class. And and so it's been it's worked out really well. And uh, over the last past few months, we've had to cancel a few classes because, you know, catechist is sick. Or we pull one of the helpers out of another classroom and stick it in there. Or Father James got to teach uh, kindergarten um, last week. And <laughs> How was that? It was interesting, I guess. So Wonderful. <laughs> uh, Father James is a wonderful uh, priest, um, a bit loquacious, but uh, a, a wonderful heart. And I'm sure he connected well with uh, the young kids. So um, part-time associate here at St. Luke's. Yes, he's the part-time associate. Um, terrific priest. Let's take, uh, we'll kind of pivot here a little bit. We've talked a lot about St. Luke's Parish and part of the parish is St. Luke's School. Uh, how, is this the first parish school combination that you've pastored? No, um, I've actually been a part of a, uh, of Catholic schools ever since I've been ordained. So I was at St. Francis of Assisi as an associate, largest, mm -hmm. uh, actually largest parish in the state. Um, uh, the large, very large school. Um, so I kind of helped out there, but I was just the associate. And then when I was in Council Bluffs for a year, I was part of St. Albert School. Um, I was the chaplain there part-time. Um, and then I was a pastor of a country school, rural school, St. Uh, Malachi School, part of Holy Spirit Parish. And so a lot smaller, lot smaller number of kids, but still 200 kids, um, pre-K to eight. Um, wonderful experience. And so uh, this is my second experience as a pastor of a, of a school. But I've been nice like that I've had experience with Catholic schools uh, ever since I've been ordained. Do you, a lot of pastors... Um talk about i mean there's a great appreciation across the board for catholic education there's there's no question about that but in terms of administrating and financing and running a, a a parish school huge challenge and a lot of pastors talk about the the difficulties of it and particularly just it can be a financial drain but let's talk for a second on the other side of that coin how do you see saint luke's school how has it energized the parish how has it contributed to parish life Catholic schools, like I said, if you look at pure financial model, you know, they don't make sense if you do that. Uh, but remember, we as a church don't look at the dollars and cents of things. <laughs> we look at, does it make sense? Does it help uh, make disciples of Christ? 
And yeah, it does. Um, in my previous experience uh, at, down at uh, in Creston, we had a number of families who sent their kids to the Catholic <laughs> schools, not Catholic, uh, because it was uh, you know a good school and it had a good faith life and things like that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, after a year or two, they're like, you know, why don't we become Catholic? This is a wonderful experience. And so it does offer conversion with mm-hmm. there. Or you have a kid where one parent is Catholic, one's not. And then well, usually around sacramental times, <laughs> it comes up. And then the parent, hey, I'm just going to join RCI. It's, you know, you guys are doing a great job. It's wonderful. The faith is wonderful. And so that's a great evangelization tool. Um, but it also, you know, it keeps the kids in a prayer life five days a week. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. pray at the beginning of the day. They pray at the beginning of the classrooms. They pray at the beginning of end of lunch. They pray at the end of the day. And so it kind of helps to, to build that, uh, that habit of prayer life as well. Mm-hmm. One of the having four kids at St. Luke's uh, school currently, uh, we're going to be adding two more in a couple of years, but um, uh, to the school, I'll add, not to the number of kids. We'll see what God has in store there. But uh, at any rate, uh, one thing that really impressed Stacy and I was just the strength of, of the community, the school community, meaning um, how intentional uh, the school was about reaching out to us as a as a family considering sending kids to the school, the ambassador program there at St. Luke's, um, the parents group that has a really strong social media presence, um, the fundraisers, the activities. It's it's just a very I'm, I'm impressed and I'm not it kind of sounds like self-interest here saying this to you, who's my boss, but I'm impressed with um, how much we get done uh, with with the little that we have. Any comments about how that why this is working well, how we're able to to really grow our community? I, I think just having dedicated parents uh, is a wonderful thing. The and we have some very dedicated parents, and they're they're the ones who volunteer for things. They're the ones who come in for different events. They help the uh, they help to do the uh, you know the fundraisers. And fundraisers are great because they can raise a little bit of money, but it also gets people together mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun. So it's one of those, it's one of those kind of double blessings with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at, at St. Luke's is just one of those things we're blessed with a lot of very young families and that that's kind of, kind of translates into a whole lot of things. One of the things I often tell people is schools can be a great blessing to a parish or they can be a challenge to a parish. Mm-hmm. And it, it all depends on how the attitude is. Mm-hmm. And the principal, Mrs. Hayde and I have the same attitude. The school is a part of the parish. It's not a school that happens to have a parish attached to it. Mm. And that's a huge difference in attitude. It really is. And that vision filters on down. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, The complementarity rather than the competition. Right. And Uh, sometimes you get that in some of the older schools. It's okay. It's the school and the parish is there to help us. And that's a completely wrong attitude with the Catholic school. It's we're a Catholic church who happens to have a ministry of a school. I love that. I'm going to ask you a question now. Just uh, it's, it's very subjective. It's your opinion. Uh, of all the events that we do, socials, fundraisers, the gala, well, we didn't get to do the golf outing this year, but of all the things that we do to promote community at St. Luke's, 
Given that we're kind of a younger church, what do you hear people find to be the most um, fun or the, the the most popular? What are what are what are our young families going to? What what kind of event? Uh, well, I think it's kind of it. It just depends on the family. The it, because if you're more heavily focused on just the the growing of a parish, then it's our Oktoberfest, which is. Um, our parish festival. So the, if you know, as you know, the uh, the symbol of St. Luke is the ox mm-hmm. and our parish was created right around the feast of St. Luke. So we kind of, uh, kind of u- utilize that, that says uh, for Oktoberfest, instead of that it's ox for St. Luke, the ox, Oktoberfest. <laughs> and so that's a wonderful event. And they do kind of a German theme with that. Um, and so that, that's that's a good event, um, but then our gala is is a much different event. That mm-hmm. while the our parish festival is held here at the church itself at the, par- the in our in our gym, um, the gala is a much more formal event, um, and it's geared more towards the school. And so mostly school families will go to that. Whereas the I think the Oktoberfest is much more of a a parish based. So it's a more it, I think that's more of a community based one. So it's kind of well I really don't have an opinion which one's favorite just because they're both good. They both have their their blessings. I think yeah. probably it's the Oktoberfest has more of a universal um, a universal one. Yeah, um, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, plenty of food, plenty of beverages, um, plenty of folks to engage with. And again, what a blessing to this parish to have uh, so much, I think, social energy and a lot of that youthful energy, um, family energy. And that brings me back to my, actually takes me to my last uh, question. Uh, when it comes to uh, what what is for you as a pastor of a lot of young families? What is your top priority uh, as you see it in ministering to them and in trying to uh, help them encounter Christ? What is that? What is that top priority for you? How are you trying to get that done? <clears throat> I think my top priority is celebrate Mass well, mm. uh, preach well, celebrate Mass well. Because that is our highest form of prayer is the Eucharist and the celebration of the Eucharist. And so that is a draw for a lot of people. Just, okay, you know, Father's welcoming. He's not berating kids as they're coming in. He doesn't say, uh, he doesn't say, turn that cell phone off or something like that. that <laughs> so bar the doors. <laughs> bar the doors. Yeah, get out. You're too, you're, you're too loud. Get out. I mean, that's not what, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be those people who are welcoming, inviting. And, and I think that, and for me, that's very energizing as well, mm-hmm. is to see the energy at mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to admit, my first like six months here, was a challenge at mass because mm. it was so loud from where I was before. But mm-hmm. after you get kind of used to that, it's like, okay, it's, I, I notice sometimes a daily mass, like, boy, it's pretty quiet in here. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think that is the, my best way to outreach for, for families. I would absolutely agree. And I think we have a fantastic celebration of liturgy at uh, St. Luke's. And uh, I do know that people appreciate it, um, the reverence that's shown. Um, and uh, that is their touch point, right, with their faith. That's their primary way to encounter Jesus Christ. Um, Father, thank you. As, as always happens, the time just flies by. So 
before I say thank you and goodbye, would you mind, as is our custom, to offer our listeners a blessing? Thank you. Most gracious Father, we thank you for the gifts you give us each and every day. We thank you for the blessings that were bestowed upon us in our times together. We ask your blessings upon all who are listening to this podcast and all those who we serve in our parishes. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father, for being on Chattachesis. Thank you. This has been another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback. We were chatting with Father Ken Halper, pastor of St. Luke the Evangelist in Ankeny, Iowa, chatting about leading a young church. Uh, Father, it's it's a privilege, um, and have a good rest of your day. We'll chat with you later. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Christo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.